Disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as facts. Nothing that is said about any person, organization, gaming company, or sport topic in general should be taken as facts, as well as any talk about any political, religious, or medical topics. As for medical topics at all times, you should speak to a licensed medical professional before any opinion is considered. Everything that is said on this podcast is opinion-based only. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dr. VTech Show. This podcast is a long-form conversation hosted by Dr. VTAC with the top guests in the world of esports. All from owners, pros, semi-pros, former pros, and content creators of many games. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Dr. VTech show. We got a special guest today, phenomenal human being, nice individual. His name is Chris Lama. Guys, you may know him from uh, Parabellum. He's co-founder and previous CEO of Parabellum Esports, professor and program developer at various ca- uh, Canadian colleges, various Canadian colleges, sorry. Currently, account executive for Vial Nation in the Talented Vent, uh, Ventures Division. Well, guys, let's introduce you. Chris Lama, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, and thanks for the intro. Always love that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh, Chris, what have you been up to lately? Uh, we know that Parabellum left R6, left basically eSports. So what's uh, what's new? What's the... what what? If you could say what kind of happened or what's going on, what what happened to Parabellum? Everybody was like, whoa, what happened? They left. Yeah, um, things happen in this industry sometimes. Um, unfortunately, there was a little bit of, um, I guess, maybe not proper education with our company on how to properly fund organizations, run teams. Um, a little bit of back and forth on even if it was viable, really, to continue in that. Um, And as a whole, the company decided it's probably not the best to continue um, with the program. It was on path to being a profitable organization, but it was just taking too long. And uh, we were owned by a publicly traded company that sometimes don't have as much patience. Um, I respect the decision, of course. Um, I was... Uh, my contract ended in April, and um, since I've moved on to a company called Viral Nation, uh, been very good over there. I still am in esports, so we can we can say that say that um, mm-hmm. I've been working with some colleges, helping them develop some programs, so that teams and people can have the education, and this industry can continue to grow and be smart as we grow. Um, and then uh, I will be teaching. I just got a contract for a, co- a college called Conestoga. And I'll be teaching in that program. They've got an esports team as well, so hopefully I can get involved a little bit there and and help out as much as possible. But uh, super excited to still be continuing and keep my toes in the water in the esports industry. Oh, awesome! That's awesome. So, Viral Nation, what is what what is that about? So we're a full service talent agency. So we represent, I think, as of. Wednesday, we had our, our big end of year town hall. We represent over 900 content creators, uh, influencers, athletes, um, celebrities, helping them get brand deals, um, helping them with their social media strategies, pretty much the whole 
gamut of um, what a marketing agency would do for talent, as well as we do work with some large companies on their strategies as well. Um, but me specifically, I work with a very close friend um, and who used to be my lawyer and our lawyer for, Viol- uh, for Parabellum, uh, Evan Cubis. Uh, and we run the talent ventures division. So what we're doing is helping talent launch product into the marketplace, whether it's merchandise like hats, t-shirts, hoodies, whatever else it is. Um, as far as we've done chocolate bars for somebody, we did like a handcrafted wooden salad bowl for somebody else, mm. uh, pins, all kinds of different things. So anything that they want, we try to make it happen. And it's been very successful so far, like six months in. So. So basically what you're saying, you're the guy I need to hire to make my branding. When, when you're ready for merch, yeah. You hit me up and you say, Chris, I need merch for my amazing podcast that has a million listeners every month. Um, really? They need, they need merch and we'll hook you up and we'll get it done. You know how much money that... First, I need to get monetized. That's how you monetize. I got you. We actually do have we we do have a podcast division within the company too. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So they are helping transition content creators to diversify their their income, right? So um, one of our things is the ventures division. The other is podcasting. We have an OTT, which is over the top, which kind of gives more access to those content creators. Um, mm-hmm. Just again, that full gamut of is TikTok, Instagram, YouTube a forever thing for you? Yes or no? And then can you expand into other things? And we've seen great success with some of our talent, like moving into the sale of merchandise when they not, never thought they'd sell a piece of anything. And they're making, you know, a thousand orders in two weeks of, of merch from their um, their fan base. It's really cool. Wow. OK, well, trust me, I am going to hook you up. I'm going to hook you. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I want to reach out. Trust me. Let, let me. Let me get there as soon as I get there. Uh, that's phenomenal. Hey, you're on the right track. You got to start recording first. Yeah. Get a whole bunch of stuff in the pipeline. Start posting, cutting stuff, putting on Instagram. There's not enough of you probably to do all this at one time. But yeah. once you get there, you know you'll have assistance helping you out, and then you'll be good. You'll be yeah. flying. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's it's. I got right now. I'm all the way booked, all the way till February. I I, you know, I got a, quite a bit of people. Um, a lot of people don't know. I I mod for over thirty pro players. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, my and that's with all majority all of our Rainbow Six, and I got some Halo players as well, um, and majority are professionals, pros or. Uh, semi-pros and even retired like i'm on for pengu you know he's, he's retired now but um i just like hey i'm doing a podcast can you help me out i helped you out so so they're like yeah sure not a problem and i oh my god sometimes i just like i think i overdid it and <laughs> all the way booked till february i think and, that's a good problem to have oh it is it is i mean this is more like a hobby because i work in a medical field now we're in the hospital, so I do my three days a my three days a week, um, twelve hour shifts, and and this kind of like gets my mind off of that, you know. So it's like really fun. I I still feel 
makes me feel young in a way. And you know, so I just like doing interviews and, and it's like, this is my thing. I kind of like it because I did the streaming. I tried it. I did get a whole bunch of followers. But the problem was that I was thinking, okay, you got 400. I was able to get 400 some odd followers, but none of those 400 followers see you all the time. They're not launching in and you get a portion of it. So I was getting like three or four viewers and I was like, wait one second, this doesn't make sense. So then I look at other big names, big people, like for an example, Summit. Summit follows me on Twitter. And and I was kind of like in shock, you know, and then I see that he has like millions, I think 6.2 something followers on Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. But then when he turns on his computer, he plays, he's only getting... 15, 20,000 viewers. Yeah, what's the retention and what, yeah. what are people coming back to? And I mean, that relates back to even what I'm doing now with merch, right? How many people are we actually going to convert on? And we're seeing, you know, anywhere between 4%, 10% of people who have millions and millions of followers. So if you're on a very, like you said before, um, it's an audio first program, right? With podcasting. Mm-hmm. Why are you taking your time out of your day to set up your stream, make sure it's right, checking viewers, seeing if they're making comments when if you focus on the audio first, get it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, um, then you're good to go. Right. So I think you're doing it right. I like this this model. Yeah, Perfect it first and then go live and then have cameras and whatever else you need to do. Yeah. And then one day you'll have a studio and people will come to you and it'll be great. Oh, yeah. I saw how Joe Rogan. His first 20 episode. Oh my God. It was just brutal. I was like, this is like mine is 10 times better than his, you know, in the beginning. But now look at him now. Yeah, exactly. And you got it's baby steps, right? You can't just like jump in head first and say, I'm gonna have the best podcast in the world. But you're starting and you're you're in a niche area. And I think that with the people that you've listed for me previous, like you have a good amount of people that have the right experience to talk about things and will drive the right people to listen as well. So I'm excited to see the growth of this podcast. And when I come back a second time, then we'll see where we're at. Yeah, that's true. And hopefully by then we can start talking about the merchandising and how we get that through. Yeah, it'll be our launch episode for the merch. Oh man, that'd be phenomenal. That'd be phenomenal. (laughs) See, you got to think. What's your (laughs) five-year plan? Yeah, that's true. I like this. So now... Other than with Virus Nation, um, you're going to be like helping out organizations. You guys going to concentrate on that, just helping, you know, just individuals and and players or. So we work with anyone. It's not just an esports um, agency. We work okay. with anyone, right? Anyone who's got some kind of platform on on social media or a fan base or is trying to grow there. Um, personally, I work with talent who have large followings over a million on each social media platform Um, my most recent clients they have like five six plus million across all platforms Um, that doesn't mean we're not working with smaller creators we do have a in our divisions we do have smaller creators and we do have a gaming and esports division Um, i am working with one uh, quite large uh, creator in Rainbow Six as well, 
can't talk about it yet, but his merch is coming. Maybe by the time this podcast goes live, it'll be it'll be coming out. But uh, we're really excited about it. We've been working on it for about like three months. Uh, when it goes live, it'll be um, it'll be really cool. It's gonna be. I'm excited to see how he converts. For sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll keep it at that. Now, now, uh, no, well, you're from uh, going a little bit more about you. You're from Canada, right? Yes, I am. Man, Very cold for some here. Right now. Reason. I get along with Canadians and you know, I'm from Puerto Rico and was really strange. I'm like, man, I, these Canadians are such nice people and I just get along with them and they're like very friendly. So then I come to think, you know, I talked to my mom. I said, mom, Canadians are like really nice. She goes, well, you know, you got French in you. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, your grandfather, my dad, he was half French because his father, I think, um, his mother, my great great grandma, she was French. I was like, "Get the heck out of here!" They go, "Yeah, that's why you're a very light complexion." <laughs> I was like, "That is that comes from that side of the family." I was like, "Why well, didn't know that?" You know. So she was giving me the history of it, and I was like, "God, no wonder." We're just bred as very nice people. When we're born, you know, they pour some maple syrup on us, and it just makes us sweeter. Yeah. Right. I, I noticed that in Canada, that's the big thing is maple syrup. That's the best. Did you wow. come to, were you ever at SI in Montreal? No. No, you never made it? Yeah. Never made it. Never never went to an SI period, not even to a major. I I, I really would like to go one day. And now that I'm with the wild card, uh, they might, you know, do something later on in the yeah, future. Tell them to hook it up. Ben Griff, I hear, I see you. <laughs> Send send this man to SI or a major. Yeah, I told him. Hey, and do know. a live podcast with the team. That'd be insane. That'd be oh, great. that will be insane. Yeah, just I just need a camera and that's it. Yeah, do it. my cell phone. That's basically it. You can just. I'll do come it. and hold the boom. <laughs> that'd be funny. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I got to experience this year's um, SI. It was right before we had our big company meetings and. Um, it was quite the experience. It was really cool to meet everyone there. The, it's funny how, I mean, it's across the board. Every eSport fan base is pretty like ruthless on social media mm -hmm. and they're very, um, I don't know how I want to word this so I don't make anyone angry. Um, they're very vocal on how things operate in the esports scene and in their specific scene. And they think they know what's best for teams and all that stuff. And then you meet these people in person and they're just the sweetest people. They're right. all just these young kids that are just like enjoying being at this event. And the people who I thought were, or usually the most aggressive on social media were just like the nicest people. It's, it's kind of strange. I mean, there are some people that I, like on the, that I like and some people that I just feel like they have this this vibe that I just don't like you know they seem obnoxious and they seem egoistic yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. And I think that sometimes when you meet them face to face all that stuff changes mm -hmm. you know you're one sure way does. online you're one way on you know because but now that we're face to face now you're like hey you're the most humblest person in the world it's so true when I met I'd go back to like when I met all the boys the first time all together 
uh, in Vegas when we had our relegation match um, against Exet way back in time uh, when we were going from the Challengers League to the Pro League. Um, when I met all the boys in person, they were all just so quiet. They're machines and they type like crazy in the game, in the game chat. Mm-hmm. And once I finally met them in person, I was like, you guys are just like, you're just kids. You're little kids. Yeah, you're like, little kids. You're 18 years old. You're living the dream. You got flown yeah. to Vegas. You're staying in a hotel for free. You're eating for free. Um, everything. And then finally, once they made it, it was like a huge um, thing. And then, you know, the culture shock of moving away from home at 18 years old, living with a bunch of guys that you don't really know. Um Really, really crazy experience, but it was cool to see their growth and and the ones who stuck around and and got to stay with the team or are still in the league. It was it's it's been a very interesting uh, thing. I think Spirits is with Wildcard now, right? Yeah, Spirits yeah, is Wildcard. He's, he's a big talk. He's he's one of our OGs. He he got us to the pro league when we were uh, just starting. Phenomenal young guy. He's yeah. Phenomenal. I got to speak to him once, you know, when I get a chance. French Canadian. Yeah. French Canadian. Got that accent in him. Um, Very humble. You know, that's one of the things I admire about him. Um, It's like he's so good, but at the same time, he's a very humble guy. He's Mm -hmm. the same, um, you know, wherever, you know, he's at when he's streaming or he's on Discord or he just, very very nice and friendly and i'm like man this guy's super he has he has a big future yeah nothing nothing bad to say about him he's he's very what i loved about him is he can turn it on and off and when it was game time like zoned in i think i have a picture um of him when we were training in the training space uh going into the relegation matches and you could just see him like flip that switch from happy smiley to like zoned in and like game mode to yeah game mode, mode like, okay, which is great and that's that's not something you can teach um he just he had he has it and i'm excited to see uh how next year goes for for him as well yeah oh your wild card is very happy to have him very happy um Dispa, i don't know if you know him General manager, Dispa, mm-hmm. super happy. I mean, we Dispa and I we talk on a on a weekly basis, you know, because I have a lot of ideas that I input for the for the org and stuff that I, you know, because I want to see the org grow. I want to see it go go big, you know. And I used to be in marketing for the car industry. I used to do sales, and we try to figure out ways to sell, how to boost the sales, and stuff like that, and. That kind of went, my career just went kaploops after when uh, GM went bankrupt, but then <laughs> I just had to look for a different future. But I implemented... And you went into the medical field? Yeah, I mean, I went into the retail afterwards and then and then the medical field. <clears throat> That's what, because my wife is a nurse and she got her bachelor's and then she's now a manager. So then I just like... You know, let me just go in the same field. I kind of like it. Something secure. Anywhere I could go, I could get a job, any state or anything. So, um, so yeah. Um, so, with with uh, 
with wildcard, I have so much ideas and I just implement all the stuff that I learned in the past and I just give it out to this, but it's really phenomenal guy. And, and I see a big future with this organization. I mean, we're just basically kneeling to the rainbow on this side on NA because we were on the other side. I think it means yeah. you, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so I got, I got a couple ideas. I got some things in my, uh, underneath my sleeves that I talked to, to Dispa about and he's going to look into it. And, uh, but right now I see rainbow six growing, but is growing a lot on content creation and, and it's because of Jinxie. Yeah. I mean, he's like what number one fluctuating number one and two on the list for, uh, for content creators on Twitch right now for viewership and subscribers and all that. So like, it's so yeah. important and now seeing it from the agency level and where I'm at, seeing how important it is to have content creators talking and uh, about brands in general, or in mm-hmm. his case about the game. Um, it's, it's key for growth. It's key for success. It's good to get new people in. Um, the one thing I've noticed that even a lot of the casters are doing um maybe who are who are good examples jesse for example um jesse's been posting a lot about like educational content about the game mm-hmm. what is happening during this play that makes it so important because rainbow six is one of the hardest games to watch it's I... not rocket league rocket league is the easiest game to watch you and i we can turn yeah. it on for you know a 70 80 year old relative and they'll understand the game if they know soccer or hockey or whatever Get the ball into the net, right? The only difference is there's flying cars flying around and kids are insane at the game now. Um, But Rainbow Six, it's the only stacked shooter, right? And there's three levels and the cameras are getting better now because they've implemented all these free cams and stuff for uh, spectators. But it's so hard to watch and it's so hard to follow. And there's so many operators and the game's been around for so long. So I don't know what the new operator does if I'm just coming in. I don't know what the first operator does. The original right. operator is when I'm first coming in. So we need somebody to come in and say, hey, here's your crash course, your educational course. If you're a new viewer in 2024, here's everything. And that's like content for weeks and months if if somebody can pull that off so right. as long as you can educate people coming in and even me who you know ran an organization and was focused on the players and, and the play i had we had coaches and analysts and the players could would be teaching me stuff and you know people in our discord who know more than me were teaching me stuff about the game i was just focused on the business i didn't understand mm-hmm. i just knew either kill five guys first Defuse the bomb or plant the bomb. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I care about. But there's just so many nuances in that game that make it so cool and so unique, but it's just so hard to follow. It is. So education. Education. is is very tactical. Um, and then to, to explain, you know, you, you got to explain the people baby steps. Okay, there's a defense. What does defense do? What are What can you do and what you cannot do? there's offense what can you do and what you cannot do 
sometimes in the prep stage on on defense, they say, "I'm trying to jump out the window." I say, "You can't. You can't. You got. You got to wait. Wait until it starts. Then you could jump out." And a lot of times, they just a, a lot of folks that come in, they just don't know. And uh, but that educational part is very very important. That will keep the game more interesting once they learn, once they know, and they see how the game actually goes about and what each operator ability and what other operators could use this to, you know, to go against them. And now with this new freeze operator, it's causing <laughs> a lot of glitches. I know that on the game, but I, at the end, you know, Ubisoft is going to figure out how to fix it. This is just like, and I, I think somebody told me Clash was basically what caused a lot of issues. That's why they even removed Clash from the game. She with her shield and electricity, and it just caused so much, so much issues with other, with other um, operators. So I don't know what's going on this season. It's I haven't played it much. I played a little bit of it because I'm more into the podcasting, making sure I get good equipment, making sure I get get good stuff. So I'm not even. I, I, I play just a couple games here and there, get a feel for it, and then do my other stuff. Now I find other things more important to to do than to play. I'd say since my exit full-time from eSports, I haven't turned my computer on much. I haven't played enough video games. Wow. So it's been a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, work-life balance, which is nice. You know, spending time with the dog, with the family. Um mm-hmm. And just, you know, not a lot of screen time. <laughs> Played a little bit of Fortnite here and there, I will admit. Okay. Over when they when they re-released the OG and then um, played a little bit of the Lego Fortnite because it was a lot of fun. I don't think I've turned Siege on other than to keep my account active. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the OG on Fortnite, my gosh, everybody. That was like the biggest. It broke records. Boom. They broke records of player base when they launched the OG. And then when they <clears throat> released the Lego Fortnite, they broke the record again. So within a month, they broke like two player concurrent player records of like, I don't even know what the numbers were. I'd have to look them up. But insane. Like all my friends messaging, like, let's get on Fortnite. I'm like, what year is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it 2017 again? Let's let's go. I'm in. Sign yeah. me up. I haven't played in so long. My kids were on it. Uh, they they're like diehard Fortnite fans, and they were playing it every single day. They come home from school and just play. And I said, "Go ahead, play all you want. You know, I don't care." And so you're bringing in good grades. You got all the free time. They have a game room, and 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 they were just playing it and playing it. And as soon as the OG ended. They're like, oh. all right, back to Roblox. <laughs> oh, back, yeah, let's go back to Pokemon and or other games they, they play. And, and then now I'm seeing them playing Fortnite again. I said, what are you doing? Oh, you got to see this Lego. It's phenomenal. It's, I was like, it's what? so dope. I love it. 
It's a lot it doesn't of fun. really need. It, it's it, like well, it's like Roblox and and Minecraft in Minecraft Fortnite. They're taking over. They're absolutely taking over the space, um, and they're immersing everyone into the game in different ways. And they're trying to find ways to engage the audience, right? And even again, like how how can this be done with the Rainbow Six? How can this be done with other shooter games? Uh, events are huge, but you can only do so much in Rainbow Six. They're scaling back how much you're able to do in the game too, right? When it comes to, um, I'm pretty sure they remove what the T Hunt version, like that mode for the game right now. Yeah, they I know the playlists are weird. I again, I haven't been on in a while, but they're scaling things back. And I know they're coming out with a new game that's not, um, that's more of like a Call of Duty shooter. But yeah, they, there's a mode. It's, it's I they it's it's a team deathmatch they have now. Um. I I was just greatly disappointed that they removed unranked. I used to I loved unranked because when I play unranked, um, I could do everything you know as you do on rank. Mm-hmm. But my issue is that you didn't have to worry. Well, the thing is, unranked. I didn't have to worry about cheaters that much because <laughs> the cheaters they don't go to unranked. Because they don't benefit out of it. <clears throat> if they win, they're not gonna. They're not gonna, you know, boost up anything. They're not gonna level up. They're not gonna you know, get get champ or whatever. So they don't hang out on unranked. You will do face once in a while a couple two cheaters in unranked matches. But it was more fun. You have the less stress because if you lose, you don't lose your rank. Right. So you play a little bit more free. You will do more stunts that you would not do on a rank match. So you play more relaxed. And everybody was like, okay, no worry. We lost. Who cares? Let's go to the yeah. next one. Yeah. Doesn't affect my doesn't affect me at all. Doesn't affect me. If I'm a if I don't know and I don't have the same skill level, we're still gonna have fun and let's have a blast. I play with Packer. I play on unranked. I play with uh, Tristan, friends of mine. You know, I play with them on unranked matches, and we just have a blast. Yeah. And what's really funny, I start outperforming. I'm like, hey, dude, you're a pro. Look at me. And I'm out, you know, doing this. It, it's just, it, it's a more relaxed environment. Yeah. But they took it out. Ubisoft, and I don't know why, it was like the worst decision ever made because everybody complains about that because now – there's a casual it's called they they switch it to standard and it's just horrible you can't pick and ban maps you can't pick and ban operators so i'm like disappointed in the game in that sense and i just like don't play it as much i just rather mm-hmm. go on flight simulator fly around the world talk to some I've tried that. that's a hard <laughs> game flight sim- yeah do you have like controllers or like the stuff or do you just I use have keyboard the and Boeing, mouse? the Boeing. I'm going to show it to you right now. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited. This is the Boeing. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Boeing, Airbus. Okay, cool. The Airbus kit. And I got the throttle and everything. So this is for the exclusive for the Airbus. Boeing uses a yoke. As the the yoke, yeah. um, They they could be very expensive. 
a lot of people think is they're cheap. Flight simulator is one of the most expensive hobbies. That one it went in with Star Citizen if you get into if you like the sci-fi uh Star Citizen. Because some people build some home cockpit that are like I've seen some crazy things for like iRacing and for truck simulators and all that yes. stuff. So all the sim games they can get pricey. Very pricey. I just have the regular steering wheel for uh for sim and that's about it. For which one? The flight sim or no for uh iRacing. Oh and racing. Like F1. Yeah. Oh jeez. Just the regular wheel and pedal, like the, the G920, whatever it is, the the lowest of the low, like three hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's is, so- I mean, it's pricey, but that's the lowest of the yeah. low. Like, that's just yeah. pretty much, like, entry-level stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then with iRacing, there's, like, the subscription, which I don't, obviously, like I said, I don't turn my computer on much right now. But the subscription model, it's, like, however much a month. And then you got to buy the cars and the tracks. And I'm not sure if it's the same. I'm assuming it's the same for Flight Simulator too, right? You got to buy the, the planes and the, do you have to or no? Um, yeah, well, they, them, they right? sell in, in, in kits, uh, there's the standard, there's the pro and there's the advanced, something like that. I haven't looked yeah. up. So I always get the best. Cause I hate, there's one thing about me that I just don't like. I, I hate going through buyer's remorse, <laughs> you know, so I buy something and then like, Oh God, for 20 bucks more, you know? Yeah. So I gotta make sure how I present it to my wife. <laughs> she doesn't get. It. I try to get her something that's really awesome. That I she really, really need the D box seats yeah. so that when I'm taking off on the plane, yeah. the whole house shakes. Exactly. It's only seven thousand dollars when we do it. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> Does it fly? No, no, it just shakes. No. Is this Jake's? That's it. Yeah. On on flight sim, there's this guy. He's a actually he's a doctor. <laughs> I just found out because uh, they're these these uh, a PC company that just specifically makes PCs for for flight sims. So people want a flight sim. They they design it. They they know the motherboards to make sure the game runs as smooth as possible. And um, so he he bought, he went to a, a, a graveyard, and uh, airplane graveyard, and he got the front end of a Boeing 737, and he put it in his backyard. No. Gutted it out, put all this up, and just... Put everything in there. His computer he did. Uh, they told me that he needed like seven computers to run that thing. So once you walk in, he could switch on the lights. It's like literally the aircraft itself. <laughs> and it turns everything on. Everything works. He had a matter of fact, get, you know, manufacturers to make Pacific motherboards. So all the panels will work. And then up front, what he, I think he did is three projectors, big, humongous projector screens. So doesn't use LEDs, you know, nothing like that. So he got projector screens on, on the front and on the side. That's really cool. And I oh, was what like, money can buy. 
Yeah. Caught it went over his all this stuff I heard it was around thirty grand and plus. Thirty grand. But he's a doctor, he could afford it. (laughs) I just I imagine now, and this was back then with the previous flight simulator, because now with a new flight simulator that's out now, it's so advanced the graphics. It takes a lot uh, of everything, GPU power, CPU power. And there's one more thing you must need is fast internet. You need like super, super fast internet because it has to upload all the information through data. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's, that's a cool thing. That's, I'm telling you, that's pretty fun. Now, one thing with with you, I have a question. Do you hunt? I don't. No. You don't hunt. Okay. No. That's all. Pick one casually time. Casually fish. That's about it. You casually fish. Yeah. If we go up to a cottage or somebody's cottage or whatever, we'll we'll all get in the boat or like fish off the dock. But that's as far as I go for hunting. That's as far. Okay. Because one time you posted a pic or something, or you had a pic about yourself on Twitter, and it, you had a camouflage jacket or something or it was green i don't know and i was like oh he probably he probably hunts hey you just gotta <laughs> you gotta blend you go for in. a hike or whatever you just gotta blend in you gotta blend in yeah no no hunting here no it's hunting a, a gun-free household <laughs> like okay. most houses in canada that is crazy mm-hmm. i heard about that sometimes you guys leave the door open i mean unlocked. i'm pretty sure my front door is probably unlocked right now but my dog's at the front door so if somebody wants to come in like He'll be barking, yeah. Yeah. Find out, right? <laughs> he's probably sleeping on the couch, too, so he's not doing his... Well, he'll wake up, but... He'll wake up. He'll he, uh, hear something. He's sleeping on the couch right now, living living the best life. <laughs> and, bet. yeah, our front door, our side door is unlocked and wide open. What, what breed is he? He is a husky German Shepherd. Hyper. Um... No. Surprisingly not he's pretty calm he's got his moments he has his 10 minutes every few hours of zoomies and needs to play with everything in the house he's got a little basket with all of his toys and he pulls them all out at nighttime and wants to play with everything all at once uh backyard he'll run around a hundred times but other than that he's pretty chill wow that's not so he only, sleeps you only most have of the one? day sorry you only have one one yeah. dog yeah one oh, dog. Okay. one's more than enough yeah my, my, yeah, we we only got one one little Shih Tzu mixed Maltese. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm a big dog guy, but like me too. Like large dog, not like little. Like, but one is enough. Have you seen that? Uh, what is it? The Caucasian? It's a beast of a dog. Now we gotta look at it. Up. It's a. Uh, I forgot. It's a Caucasian shepherd dog. That's the first thing I saw when I saw Caucasian. Big floofy dog. Caucasian. It's Caucasian something. Let me see. It's a humongous. 
I'm seeing Caucasian Shepherd. It looks like a big lion. But a dog. It's if it stands up. Caucasian Shepherd. That's it. The Caucasian Shepherd. Yeah, it's I'm looking at a photo right now. It looks like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's massive. Yeah. If I my dream dog would be an Irish wolfhound. Mm. But they are um they grow to be about if they were to stand on their back legs about seven feet tall. What? Yeah. Seven feet tall? Jeez. Yeah, they're about seven feet and they're like uh wire haired um like a great dane but wired hair wire haired and really long nose looks like a wolf they're just huge but they're like the most friendly dogs ever i just need a bigger house and a bigger backyard if i were to get one of those man i mean no wonder you have your door unlocked <laughs> yeah go ahead you know, meet and greet the big one yeah. come on yeah bring come it on. Yeah, I'll think he about stands it. on his back legs and yeah <laughs> let me go to the house where it has the chihuahua <laughs> yeah. hey those are they're ankle biters it's okay That's yeah they're, they're aggressive little <laughs> my sister has a chihuahua rat terrier mix and she's like I'm more scared of her than I am of my dog she'll, she'll get everyone and she'll wake the whole neighborhood up if somebody were to break in the house so jeez Expensive. They love their owners. Absolutely, yeah. And if she, if I bet if your sister is holding her, holding oh. the dog, and yeah. you try to put your hand get near, oh gosh, my dog will just jump on people, but he's not aggressive at all, which is good. He's jump up because he likes yeah. to play. He's got the he's got more husky than he does German Shepherd. He's more like wants to love you than attack you. Try to lick you to death. Yeah. Go ahead and lick you up all the way. <laughs> if you put some maple syrup on yourself, I'll lick you even more. Probably. No, peanut butter. He's a big peanut butter guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, Canada, I think I heard something like every family has their own, like, maple. Uh, like, some family has different styles of maple syrup. Some of them take it from different, I don't know, trees or something they, they have some recipes or something some are like very exclusive because when i go to the store i see like five different type of brands and obviously they're like oh this one is a darker one this is a lighter one it's and like scotch oh, it's okay. like your favorite alcohol whatever tequila scotch all that it's got mm -hmm. different yeah different aging processes i guess or mm -hmm. i i am not an expert on maple syrup whatsoever but um i prefer actually like quebec based out of a can and like a dark maple syrup out of a can yeah so like i don't know it's like don't even know what brand it is but when i see it at the store i know that's exactly what it is or you can get it out of glass bottles vermont has really good um maple syrup too but it's like right there on that line of quebec okay yeah but i'd say quebec based maple syrup is the best maple syrup I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna. Now you got me curious. It's expensive too. It's like gold. It's like liquid gold. 
there's a there's a netflix show um that is like the great heist the great maple syrup heist or something you should watch (laughs) that it's fantastic it's about like a three million dollar more something crazy um heist of stolen maple syrup are you kidding me yeah it's it's insane yeah it's it's big business like one jar one like those cans are like 13 to 16 dollars for like a regular like a bean can size of, yeah. of food or of, of syrup so yeah it's expensive I'm gonna, so, okay i now you got it's me not your, it's not your mrs butterworth like yeah, it's not corn syrup junk that's just sugar and yeah but i love that shit too so you're i can't like, really yeah right because you're so i mean you're used to the good gourmet stuff when yeah, but that's for like special occasions, you know, when you make pancakes or me, yeah. you make some French toast or whatever it is. Uh-huh. But a lot of people just like the, the regular can, table syrup. But Quebec maple syrup in a can. Yeah, and then you have to look up the Quebec maple syrup heist. Okay. Great I'm going to look that up. Canadian syrup heist. <laughs> that's what it's called. The Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Wow. I'm going to check that out. $21.7 million of stolen maple syrup. Oh, my God. 3,000 tons. And I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It's got to be on Netflix. I watched it. Oh, Maple Syrup Heist Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Dirty Money. How can you steal? Well, they stole the they stole the barrels. I know, but how can you steal so much thirty one tons of barrel without being caught or seen? That's crazy. But yeah, check it out, listeners. Watch the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. That's what you get. Education on everything: Rainbow Six and maple syrup. Yeah, when you come to this podcast, yeah, there you go. Everybody's gonna get to hear a little bit about everything. Um, so when you're a your professor at a college, mm-hmm. how'd that go? How how you like that? I think it's great. Um, I've been doing it now for I want to say I'm going on to my fourth or fifth year teaching um started off developing courses with colleges when they were getting into and learning about esports um, a lot of colleges came out with like hybrid model courses that were mixed in with like um their business program or their marketing program and they would have like an esports minor attached to it and then a lot of schools now are actually developing full-on like esports programs from like that cover everything. So the business development side, the marketing side, management side, project um, project management, events management, um, broadcasting, all of that. Everything the whole world of esports provides. So similar to what you would get in like a sports marketing program, um, but just esports focused. So started that, and then I got an offer to be on the board for, uh, it's called the Program Advisory Committee for Seneca College, um, which is what I'm a graduate from. Mm -hmm. And 
through that, we got to review all the courses that were going to be delivered. Uh, and then they offered me a teaching position after that, after about six months. So I started teaching there. Um, I was teaching a, the course was more of, I'd say, like an intro to esports, like an esports 101. Um, and that was merged with the sports marketing program. So we had non-esports endemic students and then a full esports program all merged into one. And then I also did a, what did I just recently teach? I just taught production and event management. I come from my past life was event management. Um, and then now I am teaching at a new college as of January, Conestoga College, um, in their program that I actually developed this course, which is um, audience development and analytics. So basically, working with your brand on how to grow your audience, how to engage them, how to engage them long term, um, generational fandom, kind of everything, tying it all together. And then at the very end, they're going to put together a, their final assignment's going to be putting together a case study and kind of like a go-to-market strategy um, for the actual college esports team that already has social medias and how can we improve it and start growing the fan base. That's great. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And I've had quite a few students come out um, and get jobs at pretty large esports companies or marketing firms. Um, one of my students, one of my graduates, just um, he emailed me the other day, um, used me as a reference, and he just got a job at an agency. So now he's an esport agent. Um, and it's a trusted agency, and I'm super pumped about that for him. I just can't name the agency because they're a competition yeah. of mine. <laughs> correct, correct. Wow, that's amazing. I And I remember when I, I was DM you, we were chatting back and forth way back. I didn't know such thing existed in college. You, you could go for, like, esports and yeah it's getting huge a lot of the schools started with teams that actually the teams started as um you know student-led teams in rocket league or call of duty or whatever else mm -hmm. and it started to lead into you know the schools saying hey we've got a thing here how can we get more students to come to our college maybe we start an esports program and at the beginning i wasn't like even though i was developing for it i wasn't for it much I was mm -hmm. kind of against, I think it was still a little bit too early. I think we're getting into a phase now where there's enough lessons learned and in industry professionals who have been through that understand. Um, like Marco would be a great teacher, right? M80. Um, yeah. A lot of the, maybe Sean from, from SSG, all these guys who have been in the trenches for so long would be great people to be advisors for programs um, I'm pretty sure Beast Coast had um, or has a partnership with Butler in Indiana. Um, so all of these people who are involved with these schools are just going to help support the growth where it needs to be, which is in the collegiate space, which will then give us those industry professionals that we need to run our organizations and to run our event programs and to run our whatever else. We're not game developers. We're business people developers really right, right? Mm -hmm. my program has a, a finance course where everyone has to do financial stuff learn 
proper cash flow, how to you know spend money that you have, not money that doesn't exist yet. Um, how to properly open a business and taxes and all that stuff. And then everything ties back to, you know, your management course and your capstone at the very end, when you're done all your programs, you do a capstone assignment and you get all your stuff and you put it into practice. And then those students can use that capstone to pitch themselves to get hired by a company. That's our goal at the end is again, to create industry professionals. We're not looking to create pro players, none of that stuff. Just do you understand project management? Do you understand this? And what a lot of organizations need is like the jack of all trades. Somebody that can kind of do everything if they're asked. It's important. It sucks, but the industry is still pretty small that we need people who can do everything. Now, not not all colleges offers this. No, no, no. Now, which college do offer this pro type of program? Oh, there's quite a few um, that are either already that already have programs or that are developing programs. I can say just the ones I worked with here in Canada. Um, so Seneca College, where I taught, mm-hmm. Conestoga, where I'm going to be teaching in January. Um, Algoma University is another Canadian one that we've worked with. Um, Keanu College, they're out west, um, just north of Edmonton. They've got an esports program as well that we worked on. They were probably one of the first, actually, like 2020. Um, I'd say that they started in their their program. Um, and again, like I said, some of them are focused, like fully focused on esports. Others are um business or marketing focused and then have like a minor in the u.s i don't know who exactly but i'm sure you can just search esports program usa and it'll come up yeah i mean i i to be honest i never never thought that would exist i think you just had to have some type of degree in business administration or in marketing etc but the way how you lay it out, it's like, wow, this is the way to go. If you're looking for a future to get in with an organization, such, you know, big developers, big names, and that's more the way to go. Yeah, um, as long as it's, I'd say, as long as the programs, um, if people are looking to get into something like this, I always personally recommend a traditional marketing course or traditional business management course right now. Um, and a lot of the esports programs are, are even postgraduate. They only take eight months to complete. So go and get your standard whatever degree, diploma at a college for traditional business stuff, and then go and do your postgraduate for eight months in an esports-focused thing, and then make sure you vet the course and the program that you know, the teachers who are there have industry experience in esports or in production or in whatever they're teaching. Because a lot of the early ones were just hiring professors um, that just didn't have the experience and didn't really know and were teaching old content. And this industry moves so fast too, right? So we're talking right now, when you go back online on Twitter in about, or sorry, X, in about an hour, 
there's going to be 500 posts of new things that have happened in the industry, right? So knowing that you have a professor or somebody that's part of the course that is on top of all this stuff is super important because you want up-to-date stuff. So one thing I did in my course was we would do a, it was once a week, they'd have other courses through the week, but once a week I'd have a group from the class present like a weekly news feature and they'd have to pick news from North America and they'd have to pick news from global in the esports world and tell us about what happened, what are the business implications, what are the industry implications, and then the next week somebody else would talk about something new that happened. And you could see the pattern if something big, let's say Blizzard Activision, something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, four weeks later, one of the groups would update the class on what happened over the last three weeks or four weeks with that first one. And we were just seeing the growth and development of things happening. It was wow. really, really cool to see. Now, I, there's always one thing I'm going to ask you something. It, how is it that Counter-Strike has been for so many years and still maintain its popularity versus Rainbow? It went up, then it decreased dramatically, and they're both really intense shooter games. And I'm always trying to look into see why is this? And and people didn't care. They play uh, Counter-Strike with awful graphics. Now they just did a recent, after so many years, now they decided to, you know, this Counter-Strike 2. And, and I try to look at the business side of it. I try to see what is it that they're doing? What's the formula? What the world? What what do you what do you think? What is it that what's the formula that why is it so successful versus others? I think it's that's a, a loaded question. I'm not big into CS, so I can't really I can give my outside perspective of that game. Um, and I think it's been around for so long. And people who have loved that game and have been attached to that game for so long will always just want that one thing. They tried to transfer people over to Valorant. Right when Valorant came out, CS yeah. people tried it and they went right back. I think it's just like that was the original one that everyone played on, on the computer, mouse and keyboard, um, talking back about like generational fandom of something. Right. Um, once you're in it, I think they have a, a pretty well built circuit as well. Organizations that have been in there have been in there for a long time. Um. Yeah, it kind of shocked me when the new update came out too Mm -hmm. and how people came back to it again. And I'd have to see the stats really on on how well it's doing compared to previous. I'm assuming it's doing better than ever. Um, And yeah, again, the support that they're getting from the publisher and the events people um, and just... Again, it's a simple game to follow. It's more it's it's no different than Siege. Plant the bomb, defuse the bomb. Kill the five guys before we get killed. But it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to follow because it's not as well. It's flat. Yeah. Not 3D and stacked. And I don't need a big graphics card to play the game. And I don't need 
to spend so much money on a computer yeah. just to. And there's no new operators that come in and there's no, you know, the, what the hardest thing to understand in that game is probably the, um, the economy side of it. Right. Yeah. The importance of, of the money in the game. Whereas when I'm playing siege, I, again, I need which operator counters this operator and which operator counters that operator. And there's so many, again, nuances. CS is simple. It's five versus five gun versus gun. They all do the same thing and run to a site, run to B site and see what happens. Yeah. And there's just, I think there's a lot more education on that game too. Um, it's, and it's been around for a hundred years. I know that's, that's the crazy thing is it's, it's been around for so long and it, and it's, and it's very successful and it's, and it's still doing good. That one and, and Overwatch, another one that does really good. Overwatch is not a fun game to watch either though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's It's very hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, too much, but that also that game is pretty much dying with their esports scene, right? Mm-hmm. Because of you know the updates and the league, it just it it didn't work. So CS really like started as I think too like they have the circuit just runs all the time, right? Not even just the pro circuit. They've got so many different amateur levels of the circuit. So anyone can really compete in that game um, if they want to. You don't need an org backing. And the the scene is massive versus I think the siege scene is like tiny compared to the CS scene and how many opportunities people have to compete simply with, you know, ESL or whatever, face it, whatever apps they're using now for for competition. And Siege, I think, is a little bit more closed off with what you can do. Yeah, it's a bit smaller than, than CS. And Halo is even smaller even than C- Rainbow. There's nothing, but there's nothing wrong with these niche titles. It's just like, how do you continue to gauge, uh, engage your audience over time? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many games that come out that we think is going to be the next best uh, esports game, but you look back and it's the same titles. It's Call of Duty. It's Rainbow Six. It's yeah. Rocket League. It's CSGO uh, or CS2, whatever it is now. Valorant, right? League of Legends, Dota. Like, There hasn't really been a game that's come in other than Valorant that's disrupted the industry. Yeah. So maybe um, the new Ubisoft game comes in and does actually disrupt. But are they going to take down Call of Duty? I don't think so. Your Call of Duty people are, are going to play that game, and they've they've hired advisors who have worked for Call of Duty and ex pros from Call of Duty to like help make that game even as good, get it as good as possible. But you're not going to transfer those diehard Call of Duty people to that game. It's never going to happen. They might play it for five minutes, yeah. and then what's the life cycle? So. It's it's tough. It's tough this these times right now to launch uh, a game with a proper path to esports. Um, when you know the gaming industry is huge, that game is going to be successful as a game, but is it going to be a successful esport? Only time will tell. Yeah, you you got to make it very exclusive and in a way that 
something totally different, nothing in common. I I, I came from I played first. I, I was playing Halo. Then I went into Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and that was the big thing. It it broke record in sales. And then I jumped into Battlefield. Battlefield, the biggest thing. It was phenomenal. You choose. It was a battle between Call of Duty or Battlefield. People were just like, just they didn't know. You just got to choose your taste. And then this recent Battlefield 2022 or uh, 2020. 2048. 2048, something. I think that was something like that. Yeah. 2042? I, I, what was it? Yeah. <laughs> it's some, something of the sort. And. Yeah, so I I got it. It came with with the PC I bought, and I was so excited because the trailers, everybody, it was the biggest hype. And once we played, it's like, oh, what is this? Then you see the the characters are just like old people, this old lady. <laughs> I was like, what the world? It's it. The gameplay wasn't there. It was. It felt so off. I was so used to the Battlefield four, uh, uh, four, and I mean it was phenomenal because you you could somebody could be camping on a building and I could just destroy the bottom part of the building and then the whole entire building would collapse and kill the person, <laughs> and it was it was it was it was it was crazy, but now Call of Duty just like keeps on rolling and doing good games, doing it phenomenal, and then. Battlefield's like completely like out. I, I don't know. They're gonna have to come up with something really, really big to make a comeback because it just it, it it hurt them. A lot of these games, I, I see a lot of games that come out, they have the potential, they had the hype, like cyberpunk, and then all of a sudden, boom, so many glitches, bugs, it just it could destroy a company. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Cyberpunk just didn't they win an award at the Game Awards for something? Yeah, I, I think, think they, they I think they did. They're like support. They, they put so much. I was I I I've been reading and they've been putting so much effort to making that the game good now, fixing all the bugs, fixing everything that all the glitches, and they put a lot of effort. I I know they're putting a lot of countless hours, and I think they do they deserve it. That's good. Yeah, they're they're doing good, and um, that's that's one of the things that I I seen how how these companies they they could do do good. Now Fortnite, <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you, I bet all these companies, Microsoft, all all these big names, they wish they could have won. They were just starting in the beginning. They could have just like, hey, I want to buy you. Let me buy you out. Yeah. yeah. And now <laughs> that that Fortnite's gonna. <laughs> not gonna be sold for to nobody they, they they're doing so good and their strategy of them i'm like they're very smart they're getting outside musician influencers like you know they just brought in eminem into the game i'm yeah, like that was what dope. the world so each time they're gonna bring somebody they brought ariana grande they got you i'm like what in the world no wonder it's just going to get popular and popular. It's never going to die out. Kids nope. are going to just keep on playing. They're going to, and keep if they skins, keep funding the game. 
and they just injected rocket racing into it from rocket league and wow. they're doing all kinds of stuff they're trying to get all of their stuff all of their properties together <clears throat> and then the lego thing like people thought it was going to be a limited time mode but they're saying that it's going to be forever so now they've got the sandbox mode and they're trying to keep which is should be everyone's goal is trying to keep everyone engaged with your platform and your game or your content as long as possible that's why when you click a link on tiktok or instagram or whatever it's like are you sure you want to leave and that's the app oh. saying like i don't want you to leave the app stay longer if i have to make you click a whole bunch of buttons to get somewhere you're probably not going to and you're going to stay on our our platform so they keep on getting new things new updates uh new game modes just like games release a new battle pass every season it's not oh. because they want to make more money well they do obviously but if we release a new game mode and a battle pass, it's going to get you to come, yes, spend money, but it's going to re-engage you to open the game again. What's new? Why are there new operators being coming in all the time? Because it's going to engage you to buy the new battle pass, come and play, turn the game on, and maybe you fall back in love with the game again, right? Fortnite's mm -hmm. been on my desktop. It's the one game, other than Rocket League, that's been on my desktop since the beginning of time that I've had my computer. I've played wow. Apex Legends, I've played um, Valorant, I've played CS, but no game other than those two have really, like, Rocket League's my game. That's my go-to. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to turn on a game for fun, for fun. <laughs> it's not fun sometimes, but that's my go-to, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, like, that's why when I say earlier, like, the gaming industry is way bigger than the esports industry. It is. It's obviously a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, <clears throat> but it's the people we do need to cater to is the, um, the casual gamer. And then how do we convert those gamers to become like a hardcore fan of our game or of our org or of ourselves as content creators, whatever it is. Right. Correct. Yeah. That's the hardest part. And then yeah. buy my merch. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's correct. Always comes down to that. Buy my shit. Yeah. Uh, I I see like wow how uh, I I'm sure that a a lot of these companies are trying to do a little bit what Fortnite is doing because they see how Fortnite is so successful. My issue is with Rainbow, they should do the same thing. First of all, they should have gave the game away for free. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, Dead conversation. Will it happen? Maybe, but it should be a free game. It should be every a free game, game should be free. Every game should be free, and you make the money through sales, skins. I mean, geez, even content creators. Jinxie, but the hard thing too is like charm. the age, the age demographic for Siege versus Fortnite. Right, Fortnite is a kids' game through and through. It's for the 13 year old, there's no blood, there's no gore, there's no whatever, right? Correct. Yeah, they're, they're, they're shooting, they're fake characters, all that stuff. When it gets to Siege, when it gets to CS, when it gets to, um, I can't even say Valorant because Valorant's under the same umbrella as like more geared towards a younger audience, mm -hmm. which is why they've got the rules. Like if you're, if you're broadcasting Valorant, blood and gore has, have to be off. 
Whereas Siege, CS, CS, terrorist versus counter-terrorist, right? Correct. Um, and there's blood, and you hear the splatter. Siege, same thing. There's there's blood. There's shooting. It's pretty aggressive, right? Um, the only thing they've done right on that game, uh, not that the only thing they've done right, the thing they've done right there is saying attacker versus defender, right? And you're planting the case. You're diffusing the bomb. You're not planting a bomb. So it's the opposite mm-hmm. of, you know, your CS. Um, so there are right things, but again, it's still geared towards an 18 plus audience. Pros have to be 18 plus. There's no youth injection at 13, like, you know, a lot of the Fortnite pros who were 13, 14, 15 years old when the game first came out. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It it yeah, Fortnite. Let me tell you, I'm surprised because a lot of the OG players like Tifu and Ninja, they're they're pretty much older. Yeah, and but and they've not, been. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'd say Ninja's probably like yeah in his 30s, right? Correct. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Tifu as well. There's some other people. Uh, Disrespect, Tin the Tapman. Tin the Tapman's in his 30s. Disrespect is in his 40s. They still play it once in a while. And they'll, they'll hop on around and, and, and they play it. And, uh, I mean, that game is very successful. And I, and I really believe that, that Rainbow Shadow a long time ago just made the game for free. Put it on every platform. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to boost up. Stop going for five bucks or ten bucks. Just give it for free. My goodness, mm-hmm. just give it for free. Well, you can see the the engagement of the game when they put it on free. But I think the big thing was, um, they need to nail down the cheater thing that you talked about earlier. Correct. In order to make it free. Mm, interesting. Because what happened with well, what happened with Rocket League when they made Rocket League free? is we started to see a large amount of Smurf accounts come in. I'll take Smurfs over cheaters any day of the week. Oh, yeah, me too. But so many people were able to go ahead and make accounts that then they had to make it, okay, you can't play ranked until you hit level 30 or 25 or whatever it is. Great, no problem, I love that. But there's so many Smurfs out there. And as somebody who's like not a great, so what's the rankings? Supersonic champ or grand champion champion. I'm in the champion rank, which is pretty high up, but it's not, you know, pro level. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing very, very high skilled players playing at my level that shouldn't be. And you can tell the difference when you're playing a game. Yeah, right? you, you know in in Siege how many kills you should get in a round or in, in an entire game. Of course, we're all going to have our bad games. We're going to get zero or one or whatever. We're going to go 0 and 7 every once in a while. But you can tell if you're in a lobby with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So when you've got these Smurf accounts coming in and just like stomping on you, my whole thing is like this game should never have been free. Because I, I bought Rocket League when it was $20, mm. which is an affordable price, really, right. for, a, for a game. 
So Siege being what, 14 bucks right now and forever? It's not the end of the world. But am I going to spend more money on a game, let's say Fortnite, long term that I know I got for free? Or am I going to spend money in a game like Call of Duty that needs my 70, 80 bucks every single year? I'm not going to put a penny into it. I'm more likely to buy the Battle Pass on Rocket League every single time it comes out versus ever spending money on a Battle Pass for Call of Duty that asks me for $70, $80 every year. Correct. I'm fine with 14 bucks. I know it, it is hard for some people to justify spending any money on video games, especially when things are free. But the game has to be stable before we make it free. That's my thought. That's, that's true. That's true. And I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I hopefully this year we see some big, well, this upcoming year now and New Year's, we see some uh, bigger change and, and something new with, with Rainbow. I, I really want them to succeed. I want them to do good. I don't want orgs leaving the other ones. <laughs> I don't want orgs. Uh, my, my wife. I wasn't invited. It's <laughs> my wife. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. We're live. You know that. Oh, sorry. Bye. That's the best. I love that. Oh my god. <laughs> she's like, can I say hi? I said, you're crazy. I texted her, and she <laughs> she comes in. It's okay. Perfect. Put it on the blooper reel. I love oh, it. I'm going to have to put it in. <laughs> because See, that's, gonna... that's the content for <laughs> for TikTok and stuff. Yeah, I, I got to open up a TikTok account. I uh, I got to do it. I got to do it. I want to... I'm I uh, basically, I do everything on Twitter, and, and that's basically it. And, they, and all a podcaster says, you got to go everywhere. Got to go on the. I got to. I open up a YouTube, but I haven't. I'm just. I don't know. I just don't have that much time. It's like today. I got to go to work tonight. I work seven to seven, seven p.m. to seven a.m. And in the hospital, those are the hospital shifts. I wish there was. Well, sometimes I don't. I'm kind of happy. It's twelve hours, but if it was eight to you know, nine to five, it it, it will it will drain you. It would literally would 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 destroy your body. Mm-hmm. Some people, there's nurses that don't do that no more. Now it's like office staff, you know, people that are in the, in the offices they do those hours. But nurses, they need they need to just like go to work, get it over with, and then have your four days off in a row. Yeah, you detox, <laughs> decompress yeah, it's, everything it's you way, need to. Way too, too, it's a pain. It's really hard because you're holding patients' lives and they're in your hands and yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, so yeah, I got I gotta open up. Uh, I gotta open up a, a, a TikTok account. I, you gotta be on yeah. You gotta be on all the platforms. But on the, pla- on the podcast, you got there's a host. They said I didn't know I was all over. I was like, man, I'm on Google's. What? They, yeah, you, you you say you're on Apple and Spotify. Yes, because those are the two biggest ones. But we got you on like ten other more. I was like, really? And they go, Yeah, you're all, you're all. It's all because over. of this what you're using to record these, right? Yeah, I use Riverside, yeah. and then the host is the transistor. Okay. Yeah, 
and and this is is a really good, very good one. Um, awesome. So, they they uh, they they really help me out, educate me, and you know, obviously, you got to pay a good. It's a it's a decent amount. It's nothing expensive. Yeah, it's a monthly fee. But um, yeah, they 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 spread out, so it's it's kind of fun. Now, there's one topic I want to talk to you about before we start getting heading out. Um, the you're a professor. You you've been you know about esports and etc. I know, and I'm not going to mention which games, but I know in certain games some. Some students, I mean, some players, pro players, been taking. They got, some got caught, some haven't, but they've been taking, and and you know, Adderalls or something to help them concentrate. Does esport tackle this? If they find out, I mean, I assume if you don't have a doctor's prescription, you you shouldn't be using this stuff. Right yeah. now, I know. Also, some already know there's natural supplements that you could take that basically do the same exact thing. Right. So how the eSport goes about this? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Holy. Um, <clears throat> there's, I mean, the first thing you said is prescription-based. If it's prescription-based, great. Um, I think that's fine. The game... And the, the publishers and developers need to find a way to sanction these kinds of products that are being used. Um, I don't know if it's ever something that's going to be, unless we have a always in-person, you know, LAN league, kind of like how we used to have in Rainbow Six, if they did drug testing, which they never did. Um, at least when our team was there that I know of. I don't remember any of my players ever saying, hey, I got drug tested today. Um, <laughs> I'd have to go back into the rule book and see. I'm pretty sure the rule books are accessible for everyone if we look up um, drug use or substance abuse or whatever. Um, I think it's really hard to test and know what players are using um in in the game and if it really does impact their performance uh-huh. right it's not like traditional sports and taking steroids or um other peds is Adderall really going to make me click and shoot faster is it going to make me better on controller maybe it does yes help with focus or whatever else and if you need it, you need it. Correct. If it's prescribed. I think there's negative effects for people who are taking something that they're not prescribed to as well. That is 100%. Because their friends are using it and say, hey, I use this to study. You should uh-huh. take it too. And I've seen friends who do not need to take Adderall who have and have had the opposite effect. Some Correct. have had the proper effect. Maybe they need it. I don't know. Um, I never, it wasn't really something I ever asked players about. Um, They did fill out, you know, contact forms and health forms or whatever else needed to be filled out. Um, 
especially when they were moving into the house in Vegas, we had, you know, their, um, you know, emergency contacts, all that kind of stuff. But I never went up to a player and said, do you take Adderall when you're playing? Because it wasn't mm-hmm. something that the league was asking us to make sure about. Um, mm-hmm. Which players, you know, smoke weed. Correct. I'm sure there's yeah. lots of them out there. Does that oh, make yeah. them better? Does it make them worse? Who knows? We don't know. Um, who's drinking when they're playing at home or when they're streaming? There's rules in place in traditional sports. Makes sense. However, I'd be all for, you know, an, a baseball league that every player was on steroids and bring us back to our, um, you know, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire days. Oh, gosh. Right? When guys are hitting 70, or Barry Bonds, you know, hitting 72 home runs in a season. Um, I think it'd make it more entertaining. As long as the leagues continue to have the health and safety of the players first, that's the most important for me. Um, When it comes to burnout and mental health, when it comes to, you know, Adderall use or whatever else, again, as long as it's not harming players and the person themselves, I, I don't really have a full stance on it. Yeah, that's really it's a it's a really it's a hard question, it's but a, I like it. Yeah, that's one of those things that I always thought about, and you know, I know <laughs> I just don't mention I don't like to mention anything or mention names where where the uh, where that comes more targeted some certain players more certain games do it use it more than others and 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 now some are like wait i found out there's a natural way to use it i could just get it at local you know convenience store well yeah i mean there's a million drinks out there that yeah it it, it, it helps us stay focused and it helps with this and and it just does the same effect as Adderall does, so I could use this, and I don't get it into any trouble because yeah. it helps me focus. Now, then again, like I tell everybody, something I will always suggest: do not take anything without consulting with your doctor. Bingo. Talk to I a professional. Yeah, yeah. You know, talk to your doctor. If your doctor says, "Yeah, you could take this," even if it's natural supplement, you have to always consult with your doctor. Yep. Even if it's tea, whatever it is, talk to your doctor. Doesn't matter. Talk to your professional doctor. He will advise you, tell you yes or no. They'll do a whole bunch of tests and et cetera. Because exactly. you could take some people can't take Mountain Dew, can can drink Mountain Dew, I'm sorry. Because they'll accelerate their heart and they'll start having heart palpitations and having this. Some people can't drink regular coffee no more. So you just gotta be careful. Always consult with your doctor no matter what you do. So at the end of the day, a lot of them be taken and they, and they think, well, since this is natural, I could take this. And then they start having some side effect because, hey, it's not, you shouldn't do it. You're, you're, you, you don't need it. And some will take it because it'll help them focus. And then just like it, it, it does. I mean, I did suffer from ADHD, ADHD since I was young. And it's something that doesn't go away. I had some doctors tell me, oh, I had that. And I still have it. It doesn't go away. I said, but Dude, you're a doctor. How can I? He says, yes, but my dopamine kicks in in this. It doesn't kick in in other stuff. Right. I was like, oh, wow. And then they kind of like explained to me, this is his 
being a doctor is this high. Learning stuff in medicine is this high. And this, then he explains that's how come little kids they will play uh they'll do horrible in math, but you put them to play a, a maze game on Fortnite and they could solve it like in or a maze game, I'm sorry, in a Minecraft and they could just solve it like in, in minutes. It's just depending on so much factors. They like the colors. It, it just it gets them interested and they can solve things that you, it'll probably take you a long time to solve. And, and say, but a kid play Tomb Raider. You can see they could probably beat it like in a, in a few days and it takes you like a whole month. <laughs> More I'm than like, that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay. So it, it, that's, that was uh, something that I always, was intrigued and interested uh, about how the esport handles the consume consumption of certain drugs and 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 what are what do they do about it? I was curious about that. It's going to be tough, like I said, until it's like a LAN sanctioned event all the time, right? You know, NCAA football they can test the players once a week or whatever they want, whenever they call, or they can do random testing, but you can't do that in, in esports, especially when most of it's being done at home right now. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They do it at home, but when they go to land or go to an event, you just don't know. Right. But you know. if there's a warning and it's saying like, hey, we're going to drug test you, they do have to give you the notice as well. Um, and it needs to be probably certain months ahead of time but if it's in the global rule book, then you got to follow the guide of your game, whatever that game is, right? They're more focused on people who have, you know, macros on your <laughs> in your uh, on your keyboard than they do about the drugs that you're taking, right? That's crazy. It, it's it's more integrity of the game than you know somebody taking Adderall. Wow. Wow. How many keystrokes did that person? Moss is running on all the players for Rainbow Six, right? So like. They're more focused on Moss than they are on, you know, Adderall or other drugs that that people are taking. So, just the, <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but also, it's because they don't want people cheating in a professional environment, which is possible, which needs to end, right? That's true. And people have been caught cheating in LAN environment, which is hard to do because they've got a cheat plugged into their mouse or coded into their keyboard or whatever it is. So people will always find a way to cheat. And if drugs is the least of our concern, then let it be. And again, for both of us, it's health and safety of the players first, education right. of the use of these drugs is also just as important as, as that. So I can't say anything about it other than that. That's my, that's my stance. Wow. Wow. Well, Chris, I know it, I, I could keep on talking with you for hours, and I know you're a busy man. Same as me. I it's one of those days I gotta get gotta get going. And if not, we'll we'll. But you know what? This is not gonna be the first or the last. So this is the most depth I'm gonna pull you in some uh, next time soon, and and bring you in to the show. So um, I want to thank you foremost to. to responding and, and and appearing and uh it's it's a it's a true honor this episode is phenomenal had a good time and um and before we leave 
I want to, uh, the platform is yours. Let everybody know where they can find you, how to reach you, website, et cetera. Go ahead. Awesome. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's been a blast and like hour and a half flew by, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I've tried to make it as simple as possible on all social media. It's, it's Chris Lama on everything. Um, that's really about it. I'm not too active on social media as much anymore, more LinkedIn than anything else. I have my moments on, on X, but that's, uh, that's where you can find me. It's Chris Lama on all social media platforms. Well, there you have it, folks. Don't forget to follow the man on Twitter slash X. I mean, some people still call it Twitter, but uh, yeah, please follow him. He's, he's a phenomenal guy, very humble. So, so please uh, do, do me that favor and follow him on, on X. Okay, well, folks, it is time. Have a good one. Happy New Year to everybody. God bless you. Take care. And we'll be seeing, uh, there will be another episode coming soon. So stay tuned. Okay. Take- Thank you for listening to the Dr. VTAC show. And don't forget to click follow.